This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Football Social Daily, Premier League podcast. If we graded the Premier League's top bracket on yesterday's Football Social Daily, today it's parents' evening for the rest of the division. The other 12, how are they getting on? Which managers deserve an F? And which managers are exceeding expectations? My name's Niall. This is the award-winning podcast, Football Social Daily. And alongside me in the studio, Marley Anderson and Joel Tudor, who yesterday were absolutely ruthless in their parents' evening assessments of the likes of Manchester United and Newcastle. How will they be today when they've got some of the more challenged teams in the league to talk about? How are you doing, boys? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. God, I think I'm going to struggle with this because a lot of the teams down the bottom, you kind of expect them to be down the bottom. So do you do you no, rank, do you rank them really? Luton deserve a U. They need to be. They should have been the Champions League. What is this? Where is this coming from? I said they would stay up, not that they would finish in Europe. Honestly, I didn't want to nibble, but it's just These gone too far now. <laughs> Luton Town. I think they are out of the relegation zone at the time of recording this. We are recording this podcast just before the final game week heading into the November international break. By the time you listen to this, it will be the international break. It will be in full swing. But whilst we're recording this, we're looking at the Premier League table as it stands, heading into that final game week before that international break. And let's start from the bottom. We started at the bottom, now we're here. But Sheffield United are still there. So (laughs) that's the way things have been for Paul Heckingbottom's side. 11 games, one win, one draw, nine defeats, just four points I'm reluctant to give them a really harsh grade, like a U or an F or even an E. I think it's a D for Sheffield United. And I know that that's the same as what we graded Manchester United in yesterday's episode, which is where we graded the top eight. So go back and have a listen to that if you haven't already. And the reason I want to give them a D and not anything lower than that is because we kind of expected them to be in the bottom, Marley, like you said a minute ago. But even they're doing worse than they thought. They wouldn't have expected yeah. that it would have been this bad. So that's why I'm giving them a D. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, to be honest. Um, you do expect them to be in the bottom three, but you would hope they're more in touch. I mean, there's seven points from from Everton in 16th uh, at the time recording. They might win at the weekend and, and get a bit closer. But 
I think with um, with Sheffield United, they're, they're obviously they haven't gotten the most money. They're sort of hamstrung by not having much money. They have to sell Sander Berger to um, to Burnley in the summer, which I thought was um, a pretty big um, loss for them because they're selling to a direct rival. Um, I feel for Sander Berger because he he's got the same amount of points as he as he would have if he'd stayed at uh, <laughs> Sheffield United. As Burnley are only on four points as well, but yeah, it's um. It's almost like not. it's not really their fault. I think they are punching above their weight. I don't think they're financially cut out to be in the Premier League. I think you need a few few years of of um, stability and that is so hard to come by when you're trying to, to bridge that um, gap in quality between champions, championship and, uh, and Premier League. Um, and even though I think they've got a couple of decent players, I think Cameron Archer's a really good player, but mm. you can't get the service to him every uh, every week. I mean, the goal he the scored goals. against Wolves was an individual goal, really, wasn't it? Smashing it in from miles out. So. Yeah, and he scored one against Everton as well, which is an absolute peach. Um, I think he's a natural finisher. I think he's really, really good. But I don't think they create enough chances for him. And at the other end, I think Wes Fodringham is, is way out of his depth as as a Premier League goalkeeper. Um, and it was all summed up by, by the, the 8-0 defeat to Newcastle, where they... They were defending badly, and then they gave up, which was just the worst thing. You can't give up. You can't not track your men. You can't stop fighting. And I think they did. And you know that if it comes down to it at the end of the season, the goal difference could kill them off. And uh, that is well, they'd probably take going down on goal difference the way things are going now because the way they're um, they're getting cut adrift adrift is pretty um, pretty worrying. Okay, I think D for Sheffield United. Everyone agree. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, moving on then, Burnley, who I think deserve a lower grade than Sheffield United, even though they've got the same amount of points. They absolutely destroyed the Championship last year. They said that they would come up to the Premier League, play a certain way, and fair play to Vincent Company for sticking to those principles. I actually had Burnley to stay up this season. Don't know why I made that prediction, now based off of what I've seen in the opening 11 games. I think a lot of us had a much more higher expectation of Burnley, especially because of the transfers that they made as well. I mean, when they were paying the likes of 16 million for James Trafford and 20 million for Aaron Ramsey from Aston Villa and 18 million for Adouni from the Swiss club. I mean, all of these transfers were pretty shrewd signings on face value. And like you just mentioned, they absolutely killed the championship last season with Vincent Company. And then all of a sudden, I've genuinely seen nothing. No kind of style of play. I feel like a Sean Dyche team was more effective as a Burnley, to be honest. And that's purely because it felt more effective that way. I feel like sometimes, although Vincent Company in the championship probably outplayed a lot of the weaker teams, when you come to a division like the Premier League where the quality just goes from zero to 100 yeah. very, very fast, I think it's very hard to play that kind of football. And I think we've seen that evidence this season. And I know Vincent Company is a young manager, but the Tottenham game early on in the campaign... I remember seeing the cameras pan to Vincent Company, and he just stood there on the sidelines with his team getting battered 5-2 or something and he looked like a rabbit in the headlights. He looked like he had no idea what he was doing with the in-game management, trying to stem the flow. And I think that's easily done against the sideline Spurs who were flying under a new manager at that time. But I just didn't get the feeling that they were up for the fight. No, again, and even when United went to Burnley, usually Burnley's such a difficult place to go. It was a difficult place to go under Sean Dyche because you knew you'd have, for example, Barnes and... Chris Wood. Barnes and Chris Wood just absolutely killing your two (laughs) centre-backs, going so direct. And now, 
I don't. It feels a bit weaker than it usually did, and you know what? Fair play is trying to play good style of football. But I love that cliche that moment. Turf Moor is a tough place to go because I think actually it's not. When you look at the statistics, everyone <laughs> wins there. For United, everyone goes there and for wins. United, it's been horrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I've gone for an E. What do we think with Burnley? Am I being harsh? Mm, that's I think that's a bit harsh. Okay, D. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's a D. Solid D. D grade. Okay, one team who I am giving an E though, Marley, is Bournemouth. Because at the time of recording, they are in the relegation zone. Having replaced Gary O'Neill with Anthony Iriola in the summer, Bournemouth fans are excited about it. And we'll come on to Wolves in a second, which is where Gary O'Neill has since gone to. But they've made these signings where they've brought in players who they're expecting to take them to another level and help solidify in the Premier League. They only just stayed up last season. And you guys are going (laughs) to crack a smile when I say this, but they are a tiny club. They're just a really small football club in the context of the beast that is the Premier League. They're a minnow. And so making moves like sacking a manager who kept you up and replacing him with someone dynamic and trendy from Spain should be commended because they know what they want as a football club. I also feel like you shouldn't run before you you can walk. And I feel like that's what Bournemouth have done. And they've been dreadful. One win in 11 games and they're in the relegation zone. I, I almost admire what they did in a way where they took that, it was a big, big gamble. You know, Gary O'Neill came in after Scott Parker um, and steadied the ship big time and, and saved them. And it was all, you know, no one expected him to, to get sacked. Um, but the owners backed themselves and they were like, no, look, we really fancy this guy, this er- Iriola. He'll play our way and we'll get results out of out of how, uh, how he wants to play and things. But I feel like he's took him, it's took him a bit. I think Gary O'Neill came in and was like, organised and then if we win games through organisation that's our best chance of winning and I think Iriola's more like we'll win it through being sexy and short passing and playing out from the back and we'll build it up the pitch and then we'll 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 go and score goals and we'll get results and that I, just isn't happening I mean it's brave of Bournemouth you say yeah. it's brave and actually you kind of do commend the ballsiness of it that they were willing to take that sacrifice and make that risk but also the more you zoom out, the more silly it sounds. It's not like you can just come into the Premier League and make a huge impact at a club like Bournemouth. I mean, Ange Postacoglu will be an example of someone coming from a lesser league to a big club and actually managing to make an impact with good players. I'm not saying Bournemouth don't have good players, but what I'm saying is managing Raya Vallecano yeah. to then coming to Bournemouth and trying to keep them in the Premier League, it's... Because that's surely their remit to stay up. It should be every season. Yeah, but I think the logic was there with, with what they did. Think, I don't think they thought like that, though. I don't think they thought our first aim is to stay up. I genuinely think they were looking top 12. And I think that that's borderline arrogant of them. Yeah, but the, they thought they could do that by... you know. I, th- I think they looked at Vallecano and thought, well, our team is better than theirs or very similar in terms of it's a plucky club punching above their weight and this guy's the... The architect behind it so we're going to take him and he won't need that much backing and you know he, he, we'll give him a bit of money and he can be better than what he what he was at Vallecano he can get us into the top half type of thing it's been a very steep learning curve the disadvantage of bringing in a coach like that is he's never managed in England he's never he doesn't know the players he probably has, it takes a while to get his own his own idea of the, of the starting 11 right and all, all in the meantime you're getting beat every week and the only team that beat this season is Burnley um, and it was it was all the the situation was um, summed up perfectly by losing to Wolves under Gary O'Neill, the guy they sacked with uh, with two two goals after leading uh, leading one nil. 
um, and they end up getting beat 2-1 with an 88th minute goal and uh, that just at home as well and it was just a real sort of body blow for them um, and a real reminder of the decision they've made is not perhaps the the best one because I had I had Bournemouth to finish 10th in the league <laughs> I think I had them mental. 11th to be fair yeah which I don't know what I was thinking now looking back to be perfectly honest with you yeah because I, I thought this Iraola th- I could see the logic in it like I just said but obviously logic gets trumped by results and you know the joys Bournemouth, of doing Bournemouth your predictions in yeah. July <laughs> before yeah. the season starts but it'll be a tradition one it will do it we'll do it every year yeah, we, we do do, do it every year so. um, let's grade them I've gone for E yeah yeah, that's fair. Okay, E for Bournemouth. Moving on to the Kings of the Kenny, it's Luton Town who are out of the relegation zone, Joel. Did you hear that? Out of the relegation Just zone. another 20 points to Europe. Bit like I predicted, you know. They only need another 34 points to get to the magic 40-point mark. Did you know if they win every game from now to the end of the season, they're still in with a shot of winning the league? <laughs> Come on, go on, Luton Town. Um, everyone had these as the whipping boys. They haven't been. And I think that's why they deserve at least a C grade. They're out of the relegation zone. Everyone had them as the whipping boys to finish bottom. Here we are, November international break. They've done better than Sheffield United, better than Burnley, better than Bournemouth. They're still some distance off securing safety for sure. If you look at Everton, for example, who are the next team above them, they've got 11 points. So there's a good five-point gap already between those bottom four teams and everyone else. But based off of what I said, that Luton were expected to be the team that were getting spanked every week, I think they deserve credit. And C for credit is what I'm going to give them. You know what? I give them higher than that. Oh, okay. And that's only because of how much they spent in the summer was the amount that some top clubs were spending on agent fees. I mean, they spent 15 million in the summer on the likes of Tahith Chong, who, by the way, scored against Liverpool. Just wanted to mention that, an old Man United boy. And the fact that they are out of the relegation zone for me is so far punching above their weight compared to the likes of Burnley, who spent 100 million, the likes of Sheffield, who spent a good amount as well. To then be out and have six points and something to show for it, for me, is just an absolutely phenomenal part of the season that they're in to be honest yeah and okay maybe they will still go down i still yeah. feel they will i can't go give down, them any but... more than a c because yes c counts as a pass we were expecting them to go down they're still only on six points so it's not like that. but then when you look at but the finances though they are so i can't uh, explain maybe just harsh, how then. low i mean you looked at kenilworth road they had to miss the first three games at home because they had to <laughs> redo the director's <laughs> box. I mean, that's that's the state of the club at the moment. I don't mean that in a negative tone, but compared to... That's the reality. Sheffield, yeah, that's yeah, the reality. Yeah. Look at Sheffield Stadium and Burnley Stadium. It's set, ready to go. This is a new kind of frontier for uh, Luton. It's a <laughs> finances. It's different kind of gravy, this. Yeah. And for me, I think punching well above their weight. And like you say, you know, that, that um, result against Liverpool... At the weekend, they were really unlucky to not win the whole game, to be honest, if it wasn't for a quite late equaliser by Diaz. But for me, Mm. deserved way higher than a C. They have had a bit of luck, though. One of those six points came against Wolves when they got gifted a rather dubious decision. But I think Luton Town, you have to commend them. And it's still a long way to go. But I had them to stay up because I think they do have that fight. The fight that I thought Burnley didn't have that I mentioned earlier on so I've given them a C Joel thinks a little bit higher so Marley I think you've got the casting vote in terms of grades when it comes to Luton Town yeah I'd, I'd give them a B plus B plus purely wow. because at the time recording they are not in the relegation zone and if the season ended tomorrow they would not go down so that is <laughs> that is as good as it gets for me I think the 1-1 draw with Liverpool even though I agree with Joel they should have won that game that'll go down in their history 
Um, 1-1 draw with, with Liverpool, huge. The the 2-1 away win at Everton, probably yeah. even bigger. They lost to 10-man to Spurs 1-0. No, that's not great. Obviously, they lost the six-pointer against Burnley. But then they, they, they fought back. You know, they came from 2-0 down at Nottingham Forest to get a 2-2 draw. And I think they will scrap until the end of the season. I have no idea how they got that 2-2 draw, by the way, because they were two of the most <laughs> lucky goals I've ever seen. But it's that kind of luck you need to stay in the league at some at some stage. Free transfer from Rotherham. There you go. Lose and that's town. That, they're the bargain bins they were buying from. I think, you know what I mean? It was you know, they were shopping in in Aldi when everyone was shopping in Burnley were out there spending hundred million in Waitrose and it's got them no more points than than what they uh, what they would have thought they would had. So yeah, Luton you know, yeah. I still think they'll go down, of course, but as of right now, they are not going down. So we tip our hats to the Hatters, a B plus for them, and next to be judged by our two school teachers here, Everton, Fulham, Wolves, and Forest. What grades will they score? Join us after this to find out on Football Social Daily. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. This is FSD. We're going through the bottom 12 Premier League sides and grading them as we've reached the international break, the third international break of the season. And thankfully the final one until 2024. But whilst we've reached a break in the campaign, we thought, why not assess each team this season so far and give them a grade to reflect how well they've done or how poorly they've done in the case of someone like Manchester United, for example. And you can hear our assessment of the top eight Premier League teams from Man City all the way down to Manchester United in eighth by scrolling back to yesterday's podcast. But for today, we're taking a look at the bottom 12 clubs and we've reached 16th where Everton sit. There's quite a cluster of teams there, actually, 
Mali, all on quite similar points, at least at the time of recording as we head into this final game week before the international break. But Everton do have a five points cushion to the relegation zone. Are they kind of lucky though? Is Sean Dyche kind of lucky? And what I mean by this is, the sides below them, three of them are Luton, Burnley and Sheffield United. I expected Everton to be down here. I think they've shown enough in recent weeks to to say that they're going to um, probably be all right. I think they've found something in the last few games. They start to look like they can score goals. You know, they held Brighton. They smashed Burnley in the cup. They beat West Ham away, which was massive. Um, And they beat Bournemouth, who were around them, um, comfortably 3-0 at home. And that was all off the back of the Luton debacle that we said before about Luton beating them at, uh, at Goodison. So... I think that little cushion is is great um, and they need that and I think they will come the end of the season I think there'll be at least four or five points between them and then the the, the bottom four so it's kind of similar to how it'll look now. Um, what grade do they deserve? I've gone with D. Uh, I'd say C, yeah, C, C minus. I think D because yeah. even though Everton are out of the relegation zone and have been scrapping to survive the last few years it's still Everton. And they might have that 12-point deduction if things are to be believed, yeah, which course. is entirely their own fault because the way they spent money, everyone was like, how are they spending this money? And then it turns out that they might get a 12-point deduction. And if they get a 12-point deduction, they are on minus points as yeah. we as we speak now. Yeah, absolutely. Still really uncertain times over the ownership of Everton as well as we record this, the whole 777 partners deal. We're not sure what the situation is with that but it's clearly taken a little bit longer than most Evertonians would like I think it should be a D grade for Everton because even though they're 16th and clear of danger at the moment it's still one of the biggest clubs I mean if you take the bottom 10 of the Premier League at the moment aside from probably Chelsea and maybe on a par with West Ham they're by far the biggest team in the bottom 8 of the league at the moment by far so I think that yeah a D grade is fair right moving on to Fulham 15th In the Premier League table, I actually had Fulham as one of my relegation candidates this season and they're not in the bottom three. So I think it's only fair to give them a C. I think they're doing as well as you can expect. They finished 10th last season somehow. Amazing campaign really for Marco Silva and his players. I think this is more to type for the Cottagers this time around. 15th and with fans a little bit annoyed, let's just say, about how much it's costing them to go and watch their team at Craven Cottage. Season tickets are expensive. So C grade from me. How do you see it? I have sympathy for Fulham this season because if everyone remembers in the summer, they got raided by Saudi. Mitrovic has left, who scored 12 goals in the Premier League last season. There was no Even, guarantee Marco Silva was going yeah, to stay, which is why I put them in the relegation. Palinia as well nearly went to Bayern. Yeah, on the last last minute even, not even just the last day. Obviously, you had Silva, who was very much flirting with, I think it was Al-Hilal or Al-Itihad or whoever it was, one of them. And to have that, instability going into a new season where your talisman's gone. They replaced him with Raul Jimenez, who has not put a decent performance together probably since prior his head injury, which is so disappointing to say because he was one of my favourite players prior to that head injury. He was an absolute killer for Wolves up front. Yeah. And then obviously, I feel, I feel like naturally when you have an injury like that, especially as someone who has to be so predatory with his head in the box, it's going to affect your game, isn't it? Times 10. Um, and like Marley just mentioned as well, the fact that Palinia nearly went. I mean, if he goes in January, Fulham could be in huge danger. Because when I watched Fulham against United uh, a couple of weeks ago, he was the only 
top level player where I looked at them and thought he's the only guy that's actually stop he's the only guy that's actually stopping us from breaking through their midfield at the moment. He was he's a class a, above insane. everyone. He's such a good yeah, player. He's an absolute yeah. animal of fantastic a player. I'd, I'd love I'd love him at Newcastle. Obviously, he might go elsewhere. He might go back mm. to Bayern. You never know. But yeah. the guy's a beast. He puts tackles in for fun. Just mm. absolutely melts people and does it fairly as well. Gets the ball, takes the man with him. Well. He's somehow He's got madness. this knack of not getting booked, even when he makes 10,000 a game. Somehow just doesn't <laughs> get booked or sent off, which is a, a skill in itself. But when you look at Fulham's three wins, they've come against come against teams below them. And if they do want to stay up, and I had them to go down, that's the sort of games they need to be winning, isn't it? And they've, lost, uh, and they've scored the joint lowest in the league of nine goals, which just proves just how much of a dint that Mitrovic departure has left for them. So if they are to basically pretty much stay up because honestly I feel like in January it's going to be a pivotal time for them if Marco Silva has another offer from Saudi who's to say he might not go or who's to say Bayern might not come back in again because Bayern will want to push on in the Champions League so I keep your eye on Fulham because there could be a lot of turbulence coming for them especially with the ticket prices which is absolutely Uh, You lot won't be laughing at me when I predicted Fulham to go down and Luton to stay up but here we are (laughs) lads it's November November. I feel a bit sorry for them because of what happened in the summer I thought Marco Silva's probably sitting there in the summer going you know we finished was it 12th 10th last season and then he's probably thinking Mitrovic can score more than 12 Mm. you know we've got we can add to the to the squad a little bit and um, and bring you know some players in and then Saudi comes and ruins everything I just wondered whether his head would have been turned which is part of the reason why I predicted them to go down but a C grade is that fair for Fulham? Yeah I'd say so Okay C grade for Fulham Now, talking of feeling sorry for someone, as Joel just mentioned, I think we all felt a bit sorry for Gary O'Neill when he was sacked by Bournemouth. But Wolves are his new club and they're 14th. They've got Tottenham, though, in that final game, which will have happened by the time you listen to this, but hasn't happened yet at the time we're recording this. So up to this point, how do we think that Gary O'Neill has done? They've picked up wins over the likes of Manchester City and obviously a big personal win for him against his old side, Bournemouth. Julen Lopetegui left three or four days before the start of the Premier League season. They got he an absolute... walking out last minute, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, part of oh. He got an absolute rotter of a decision, Gary O'Neill, against Manchester United on the opening day, that Friday night at Old Trafford. They were very unlucky not to get points there. And the amount of times they've had decisions go against them. I think they deserve a B because a lot of people had them a lot further down the table than this. And they've picked up points in games no one was expecting them to. They're still 14th on 12 points but how do you think they've done? They're, they're giant killers aren't they and I feel like when you look in the summer they lost Mateus Nunes to City they lost Ruben Neves to Saudi and then Gary O'Neill's had to come in pretty much with a huge gaping hole the size of the Pacific and try and fill that with someone honestly the job that he's doing there and let's not forget they beat City not long ago I mean, as well at Molyneux other players that left as well Joao Moutinho players like that and know. these are guys who were literally the core of that midfield if you're going to get your midfield gutted it's similar to the way in which Brighton's midfield was gutted the only issue is that Wolves don't have the setup available to them to quickly replace you know the likes of Ruben Neves with someone from the depths of Portugal or Brazil. They don't have that setup like Brighton have. And that's why you have to give Gary O'Neill so much credit because, again, like you've mentioned, they've had so many questionable questionable decisions in so many of their games and yet they still are maintaining a pretty respectable league standing. So for me, I would say pretty much a B plus is absolutely deserved for Gary O'Neill at the moment. Okay, I've gone for B. Would you echo what me and Joel have said there, Mark? 
Uh, I'd say C. Okay. They're getting better in recent weeks. I, th- I, I did worry for them at, at first because I, I wasn't sure where the goals are going to come from, but Pedro Neto is huge for them and he's been he's been in incredible form until he got that hamstring injury. But yes. once they get him back, I think he'll uh, he'll show up again and then it's a case of trying to keep hold of, of him for as long as possible. Um, but I think Huang He Chan has been really good as well. Yep. Um, and Cunha's performing a little bit as well. He looks mm. he looks creative and like he's got enough to 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 really help them out and I think they'll they'll be comfortably okay. I think they'll finish pretty much where they are now, fourteenth, thirteenth. And right. that's okay for Wolves because they've had a lot of bad things. B minus for Wolverhampton Wanderers and Gary O'Neill. Moving on to Nottingham Forest now. We're slowly creeping up the Premier League standings. We're into 13th. Soon we'll get to talk about Chelsea and West Ham. We'll get stuck into that after the break. But before we do, Nottingham Forest. I've gone for a C. I don't think they've done any more than what I expected them to. I don't think they've done any less than what I expected them to, Marley. I think they're just about where they should be. Bang in the middle of the bottom half. Yeah, I've been been hearing a few things about Nottingham Forest where a few of the fans, I think it is, um, are questioning where they're going under under Steve Cooper. Are they going forward as as quickly as um, as they would want? And I just look at um, sorry for my snotty nose, by the way. I'm deteriorating badly here. Man, man <laughs> flu is kicking We're me right. We're going up the table slowly, right and Marley right slowly now. getting worse and worse. Apologies for that, but uh, yeah. Forest, I don't see where Forest fans want to want them to be. Yeah. I think 13th in the Premier League is bloody brilliant. When for you say Forest. that they're not progressing as quickly as they would like, that surprises me. Is that just modern football impatience? Because last season, I mean, they were in a relegation fight, so clearly that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. The season before that, their promotion, so that's exciting. This season, 13th, I mean, there's nothing exciting about finishing 13th or 12th. You can just ask Crystal Palace fans, aside from the occasional win where you might beat Manchester City or Liverpool or someone like that. I mean, what are they expecting? I mean, they were a big club years and years and years ago, but they've been out of the top flight for so long. I think finishing in a consolidation position, which would be 13th, which is where they are, I think that that's, they've got to be happy with that as a fan base, if they're realistic. They should be able. They should be happy with that, I think. Um, you know, you can't... Premier League's a ridiculous league. You know, how many teams have succumbed to second season syndrome? Since Sheffield United finished ninth and then go down the next year, it's happened a few times. So I think Steve Cooper took all of last season to find out his best team, um, then strengthened again in the summer. And I think they've done okay in the summer. I think they've got rid of a few, uh, you know, like Lingard was on, what, 80 grand a week or whatever he was on and then didn't really do much. You know, I think they're going in the right direction. Um, slow progression is is okay, but... When I when I see people saying, "Oh, what's is Steve Cooper the man for us?" Still, it's like, who do you think you're gonna get? I don't I don't see an obvious candidate out there. But I think one of the problems with that is, Forest fan base is big, and as as almost like a, a side um, effect of that is, there's always gonna be a little minority going, "Well, we're not as good as this team or that team," and they expect maybe a little bit more, but. I think the ones with the red screwed on are saying thirteenth in our second season, nowhere near relegation or anything yeah. like that. I think we're all right, and that's that's fair for me. So I'd give them a C plus. All right, I think that's a C from me and from Joel as well. So a C for Nottingham Forest, and that will take us into our next break on Football Social Daily. So go and make yourself a cuppa because we're about to get stuck into West Ham, Palace, Chelsea, and Brentford. We'll see you after this.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus welcome back to the final part of this special football social daily where we've reached the half term stage as we like to call it in the premier league so we've done a bit of a parents evening and graded every single premier league team we did the top 8 on yesterday's show And today it's the turn of the remaining 12 Premier League clubs and West Ham, Palace, Chelsea and Brentford are the final four yet to receive their grades from Masters, Tudor and Anderson. So here we go. Let's start with West Ham United. We've spoken in recent weeks about David Moyes and whether he's on the brink of maybe losing his job. He is out of contract in the summer and at least at the time of recording this podcast, he's still in place at London Stadium. They've played 11 games. They're 12th in the table. Is that good enough for West Ham, Joel? After the summer that they had where they let go of Declan Rice, who was an absolute catalyst for them. He is Mr. West Ham, isn't he? For them to have to replace him after last season and what they did last season in terms of their league finish, in terms of winning the European trophy, it was always going to be a season of, I think, a little bit of turbulence because they went and signed Edson Alvarez from Ajax, who I still... I mean, for him to fill the void of Declan Rice is difficult in itself. But then... They went even further in terms of their ambition where they got Mohamed Kudus, who I thought was such a great signing. I think he will prove to be a great signing as well. But I'm more on the side of having a little bit of sympathy for David Moyes, to be honest, because if you lose your best player, you're always going to be playing a little bit of catch-up. But I feel like West Ham's squad and its starting eleven right now is just waiting for a top-quality manager to take them from 5 to 10 because the quality is there. I mean, to have Mahamu Kudus, Luca Paqueta, to have Jarrah Bowen, who is absolutely firing at the moment, the core is there. He's literally waiting for them. And I feel like the natural evolution for them is for David Moyes to see out his contract this season, have a respectable finish. At the end of the season, they both shake hands and say, right, it's time for us to move to the next level. Get someone like Julian Lopetegui, someone like Graham Potter, who can instill a top quality brand of football and bring out the qualities of all those players that I've just mentioned. But for me, I don't think it's time for any kind of crisis or looking at West Ham and thinking they should be achieving more. Because to be honest, when you look at the transfers, they're 20 million in profit from the summer. That's a great achievement in itself to be where they are at the moment. I think it's a D grade for West Ham. But then again, I do think a D could be slightly harsh, Marley, because West Ham were fighting relegation last season and at the moment they're clear of it. They're 12th and they're still in Europe. Yeah, I think um, I remember at the start of the season where we looked at West Ham and the trouble they were in last season and looked at their start to the season and we thought, they could conceivably lose their first six games 
at which point the whole club will be on fire. Moyes will get sacked. They probably won't get the um, the next appointment right, and it'll be panic stations at West Ham. But they 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 dug in and they were after a couple of games of the season. They were you know well clear of of anything. They were in the top half and everything was going going quite nicely, sort of thing. So um, you know I think they beat Brighton away from home. They beat Chelsea uh, at home, and you know they were they were flying from then on really. So that's bought Moyes a little bit of um, a little bit of time. I think they collapsed a little bit lately, but I think West Ham will they will go through peaks and troughs. They've never, they've never been a team where you can put your house on them getting a certain result. Like they were going through a bad spa, bad spell, and then go and beat Arsenal in the Carabao Cup, and it's like oh West Ham are actually quite good when they want to be. Kudus goes and scores an insane goal against uh, against Brighton, you know, two weeks ago, whatever it was, and uh, sorry Brentford, and you know they lose that game <laughs> despite scoring, you know, two goals away from home. You'd probably expect to get something from the game, but they they lose that. So they're all over the place a little bit. But I think I agree with what Joel said. I said it last week on on the podcast that you know Moyes Moyes has come to his end of his time. I think, and if they can keep Paqueta next season. Pairing with a manager that will, that will get the best out of the more flair-like players, you know, yeah. the, the the creative players. I think they can go really far, and if they can add a striker into that, if it's not Kudus, if it's somebody who plays slightly ahead of Kudus and Paqueta and Ben Rama, I think they can be, um, then they can be really starting to think about going forward and becoming a, a regular top eight club. Okay, final grades then, lads, for West Ham United. Solid B, I would say. B. Yeah. C plus. Well, let's go with a C then, C plus for West Ham United. I would give Crystal Palace, who are 11th in the table, a C as well, because they're mid-table, which is about what you'd expect from Crystal Palace. But because we've given West Ham a C plus, what are we giving Crystal Palace then? Because they're doing about as well as you would expect them to do. Crystal Palace always finish there. What's the most boring grade you can give someone? Because Crystal Palace plodding along as you do. C minus. C for Crystal, yeah. C for Crystal Palace. I mean, there's not a great deal to say about Palace, which is quite disrespectful for the supporters of the club because, you know, obviously Roy Hodgson is still there, which we weren't sure would happen at the start of the season. He said that he would come out of retirement to help keep Palace in the Premier League. They got a huge win over Leicester, I think, in... Was it March, April time? And that set them on their way. And actually, they ended up being pretty safe by the end of it. They've got decent players and they've forged themselves a position as a solid Premier League side. They always finish in this mid-table position, though. Palace fans will be dreaming of a top 10 finish. They're not that far away from it. They are 11th. But I just find it a bit strange. If we're giving West Ham B-minuses and C-pluses, Crystal Palace are doing about as well as we'd expect. I think Are we they, expecting Palace to finish above West Ham? Is that what we're saying? I think they deserve way more credit than that. Let's not forget, they spent £30 million in the summer. They've lost Wilfred Zaha, who's their 10-goal-a-season man. To then still maintain mid-table when you look at the teams below them, who have spent way more than them, have got way more better quality in terms of their squads, I think they're probably overachieving this season, to be honest, so far anyway. Uh, the fact that you know they had to bring Roy Hodgson out of yeah, his retirement home, seventy-six-year-old manager, <laughs> Poor guy, as well, just let him way. live, let him have his retirement <laughs> in peace. I mean, Steve Parrish, he must have him on speed dial. Probably blocked his number, had to get through to his wife or something just to get a hold of him. But I think the fact that you know, like I'm a, like I just mentioned, losing Wilfred Zaha was huge, and I worried for them that they wouldn't be able to fill his void with goals. When you have someone like Eze and like Alise, who are 
absolute output machines in terms of the creativity and in terms of goals. And I know uh, Eze's just signed a new contract literally in the last couple of days. These are the players that are going to get them out of their mess. The only issue I have is how long are they going to be able to keep holding them for? Because I know contracts don't really mean too much in football these days. And if they lose both of them in the summer, next season we'll start to see the effects of that because they've always had that one or two star players. It was Wilfred Zaha pretty much for the last few years who've always gotten them out of the mud and maintained that position. But don't take it for granted because as we've seen with so many clubs, they lose one or two plays and suddenly the next season they're fighting for the position they're in the Prem. They're full of solid pros, Crystal Palace. Yeah. Sam Johnston in goal, Gway's obviously... Joel a, Ward. I mean, what a player Joel <coughs> Ward has been for Crystal Palace. Underrated. Honestly, isn't for Crystal yeah. Palace, he's been sensational over the years. I think he's one of the worst starting players in the Premier League who starts every week, but... That he, he sums up Palace. He's well, just been there forever. Yeah, <laughs> Crystal Palace. What's the grade? Uh, I'd say B minus. I think with with Eze and, and Elise in the team, that's that's their key. I mean, Eze in particular uh, started the season brilliantly, getting the England squad, then gets injured. Fair enough. I think when he's back and firing, Palace will. I mean, they're not going to do anything other than finish eleventh or twelfth or thirteenth this season, but. It's the way they do it, and I think they've looked comfortable at times this season and, and won games fairly easily when they've won them. And then obviously, you know, injuries hit them a little bit. But yeah, Palace are a little bit more watchable now than they ever were, I think. <laughs> Marley's slowly getting more and more bunged up the more okay. he talks about Palace's yeah, pro. My, my voice is, yes. Hurts the immune system talking about Palace. Yeah, sorry about that, but. We're almost at the end. We're almost at the end. Don't worry. There's only two more teams to grade. If Manflu can get me, but not Roy Hodgson. Exactly <laughs> the only thing getting you tonight is night nurse, mate. Yeah. Oh, I'm meant to be playing footy tonight. Jesus. Hope your immune system is better than Chelsea's at the moment because Chelsea just seem to be contracting all sorts of issues. They're currently 10th in the Premier League, a side that spent £1.2 billion on players. The Todd Bowley era is very much underway. Maurizio Pochettino has a job on his hands, Joel. They got a really big win on his visit back to Tottenham the other Monday night, 4-1. Obviously huge for the confidence against the side that were unbeaten and top of the league heading into that game. But overall, I score Chelsea a D grade. They're doing better than they did last season. But Chelsea should not be looking at the bottom half of the table. They should be looking at the top half of the table. And I know that they're in the middle of a transition, whatever you want to call it. And actually, they've played some good football this season. But when they've played good football, they've not been able to cling on. And whether that's the naivety of a young side or not, I don't know. For instance, 2-0 up against Arsenal. Lost the plot with a stupid mistake from Sanchez and Rice smashes it in from miles outside the box. And then they go and choke it at the end and it finishes 2-2. Then they go and lose 2-0 to Brentford, who are the side immediately above them in the table. And then they go and beat Tottenham. At the moment, it's so up and down, so inconsistent. And you don't really measure Chelsea sides against inconsistency so it's D for me with room for improvement yeah I'd say that's probably a fair score I mean if you're spending 350 million pounds in a summer you have so much expectation on what you're expecting that team to deliver and when I've watched Chelsea this season I think in the latter stages of where we're up to now they have improved very slowly I mean I have sympathy for Pochettino because he has so many talented players at his disposal he's almost like Nottingham Forest, but on steroids in terms of how they're having to manage that squad and find out what his best system is. I also have sympathy in the fact that uh, Christopher Nkunku was their main kind of star signing, obviously aside from Moises Caicedo. And I think he will change their attack 
ridiculously. But remember Ro- Romeo Lavia, remember him? I've not even <laughs> seen him this season. I mean, such riches in that Chelsea team. And I just genuinely think they should be doing better than what they're doing with the amount of talent that he has. Yeah. I think it'll get better as the season goes on. But as of right now, to sit in 10th place yeah, with yeah. the money that they've spent and with the talent that they have, I don't think it's good enough at all. Nicholas Jackson moonwalked out of Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> Stadium with the match ball and all three points, Marley. But I think his finishing has been questionable and actually Chelsea's ability to get things together and click. And I think you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago on FSD that Chelsea will click soon. There'll be a game in which they take someone apart. I don't know whether the Spurs game was that game, but there will be a game when they take someone apart and everything goes right. But after 11, 12 games, would you have expected to see that a little bit sooner from a coach as accomplished as Pochettino? Yeah, I don't think I would have expected them to have lost as many games as they've won this season. Literally the most average record you can have at this stage, I think. But it's one of those where you're always going to have problems when you... When you spent that much money, you got that many new players, you're always going to find, and a new coach, you know, how long does it take to bed them in and even find your best 11 and your best formation? It's it's always going to take time. But what Chelsea haven't really given themselves is time with the amount of money they've spent. They expect big results pretty quickly. They'd expect to be higher than 10th after 11 or 12 games. So Pochettino's task is to sort out the best team quickly. I don't think he's done that yet, but I think at some point he will do. Um, and then it'll be, I think I think you're going to probably see the best of Chelsea at the end of this season and going into the next, depending on what they do in the summer in case they don't, in case they do something crazy. But yeah, I think at the minute there's signs of them getting better. I think they've sorted the midfield out. I think Caicedo, Enzo Fernandez, and Gallagher are starting to form a nice trio in there. Colwell's doing all right as well. But it's the it's the attacking trio that's been let down by the injury of Nkunku that has been hamstringing them slightly. So, are you agreeing on a degrade for Chelsea? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chelsea have been slapped with a big red D <laughs> <laughs> at the half-term stage. And it's over now to our final Premier League team, which is one of Chelsea's near neighbours, Brentford. And I'm going to go for B for Brentford. Similarly with Brighton, I think sometimes you just have to lean back and go, wow, Brentford in the Premier League top 10, ninth, without Ivan Tony. Fair play to them, Joel. B for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. B, probably borderline A. And let's not forget, that's because Ivan Tony's no longer in the squad at the moment. And he scored, what, 15, 16 goals last season? Mm. When you're taking out a player like that, you have to worry for them. And the fact that they've got Neil Mope, Marley's best <laughs> mate, leading their line. And he actually scored against West Ham, by the way, to win 3-2. Thomas Frank deserves his weight in goal in terms of what he brings to Brentford. Similarly, in the way in which Pep Guardiola and Klopp are to their respective clubs, Thomas Frank is that to Brentford, where he is literally Mr. Brentford in terms of how they show themselves to the world. When you look at their starting eleven, I mean, it doesn't strike you as a very strong eleven. You know, you look at the midfield, I mean, Jaeger, Norgaard and Jensen, and you think, how is that team in ninth place? Yeah. It's, honestly, they are such overachievers. It's absolutely insane. And that has to go down to the way in which Thomas Frank has his team set up. And Buemo has been a revelation for them this season. I feel like... But he's picked single... up the slack that was left by Tony's ban. And he's stepped into that role, yeah. not as prolifically as Tony, as you would obviously expect. But for a wide player to then move inside at times and score goals in the absence of a real key goal scorer for Brentford... 
like you say, and Bermo deserves great credit for the way he's operated. Six goals in 11 games in the Premier League this season. That's Tony rate. Literally, that is Ivan Tony's rate in terms of what goals he was scoring. So for me, they deserve borderline B or slash A, to be honest, because like I said, losing Ivan Tony, I thought that was going to make them suffer massively. I thought they would be, they would be hovering around 14th, 13th, if that. But to be in ninth position and to have spent the money that they've spent, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Okay, Brentford are a B. And that wraps us up, lads. That's it. All of the Premier League clubs have been graded now across yesterday and today's episodes of Football Social Daily. So just to go through them all for today, bottom of the class with a D, Sheffield United, Burnley and Everton, Chelsea as well with a D grade. C grades for Fulham, Forest and West Ham. B for Brentford, B minuses for Palace and Wolves and B plus for Luton, which means that of the bottom 12 Premier League teams, Luton Town are top of the class. <laughs> Luton. They're staying up, lads. I told you. They're staying up. It's happening. Don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> I am, I'm only milking it whilst I can milk it <laughs> because the next time we do one of these, it probably won't be Luton Town out of the relegation zone. Listen, thanks so much for joining us on today's episode of Football Social Daily. If you like what you hear, why not hit subscribe and that way you won't miss an episode of the podcast again. You can join us on the Telegram group as well by clicking the link in the description and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We always like to hear what you make of the show. And if there's anything you want us to talk about, then let us know via those reviews or via the Telegram group. But from Joel, myself and Marley, that is it for today's Football Social Daily. We'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Football Social Daily is a VoiceWork Sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.